Welcome to the Speak Up Talk Radio Network. I am Pat Rulo. We specialize in author interviews, audiobook and podcast production, as well as the prestigious Firebird Book Awards. We also feature our fun and short podcast that allows authors to record their own writing tip to share on our very own Boom Bang Oh My Gosh Wow podcast, which you will find along with the rest of our offerings at speakuptalkradio.com. But right now, I'm so happy to share a recent Firebird Book Award winning author with you. She is Geraldine Brown Giamblanco, and her winning book is titled Geraldina and the Compass Rose. Geraldine is an award winning author as well as a captivating inspirational speaker. A former vice president and 30 year veteran of marketing, she is now dedicated to helping others find their true north paths in life and bring those dreams to fruition. Born and raised in Westchester County, New York, she makes her home in Montauk, New York, and Naples, Florida. She's currently working on her screenplay and her next book. And I am so interested to find out more. So welcome to the network, Geraldine. Thank you, Pat. This is such a great honor. I'm really excited to be here and, of course, chat about all the fun things that have happened to me because it is a memoir that I wrote and um, a true story. Yes, absolutely. Before we dig in, I want to say congratulations on the book win. I was excited to share that with you. Oh, thank you. You know, you know what? My husband, he's been um, quite the wonderful support for me. And so over the years, um, he's been out there helping me market the book. And uh, just we just had this conversation. I said, you know what, hon, you're not going to believe it, but I just won an award. I, I put it in there. I saw you on LinkedIn. And I was just thrilled to know that I, you know, I placed in three different areas for, and inspiration being one of them that that's really close to my heart. I understand that. Oh, that's so nice that you have a support in a spouse. That's, that's somebody that's right there with you. I'm so excited about your successes. Yeah. So my husband, well, that's the story, you know, there would be no compass rose without him. Yep. And it, it's, a, it's a story of, you know, meeting him at 50 years old and I was never married before. So the story takes you from, you know, the young girl, very ambitious, you know, growing up and thinking that, you know, she's going to find love within a couple of years being out there in her 20s. She realizes that didn't happen. Then in her 30s, didn't happen. And then in her 40s, she was starting to wonder, is it ever going to happen? And then I meet him at 50. So there's a lot to be said in the first bunch of chapters to just leading up to the point of where I meet him. Right, right, right. We'll, we'll talk about that. Um, so the title, Geraldina and the Compass Rose, One Woman's Faith-Filled Journey to Find Love. So this is a memoir. Maybe just give us a look back at your journey, which will basically give us a little peek into the book. So the Compass Rose, there's a, a kind of a metaphor there. My grandmother's name was Rose. And as the subtitle set states, you know, it's a one woman's faithful journey. Well, my grandmother came over from Italy and she was a young woman and she went into the convent. So she'd be, you know, she was, I guess, ambitious to become a nun, but realized it wasn't for her. So when she gets out of the convent, she has, uh, she ends up meeting my grandfather and she has a family. And my mother being one of the, 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 the children, she's the youngest actually, her name is Teresa. But she was named after a saint called St. Therese and of Lisieux, actually. But back then, they called her Teresa. And St. Teresa is known for when you pray to her, she gives you a sign of a rose. 
But not only that, the compass rose has other meaning. My grandmother's name was Rose. Her name was Rosaria. I'm thinking, you know, I really need a logo. I need something that people can be drawn to. And I read this remote article. I can't even tell you. Atlas Obscura. Obscura I'm not saying it right, but it's a... It's like an online blog that talks about remote places. Anyway, I followed my intuitiveness, and I just kept on reading this article. And that article led me to a cathedral. They were talking about some cathedral in who knows where. And on the the ceiling of the cathedral was this compass rose. And I said, I didn't really understand what a compass rose was at the time. So I Googled compass rose, and there it is, the, the navigation symbol for East North west and south. And trust me, a lot of people don't know that's called a compass rose. And it was funny because the house that we just purchased had that inlay of a compass rose when you walk into the front door. Oh, get out. So I knew it was like a sign for me that (gasps) the compass rose had to have meaning. And then I realized my grandmother is this rose. You know, she's the the woman who taught me how, you know, to pray and to be faithful and to understand that God had a plan for you. So... That's what I used. And then I end up putting the actual rose in the center of it. Mm-hmm. And I love it. I think it, it just makes me feel good when I look at it. Well, I understand it has family meaning. Let's talk about the faith-filled aspect of your journey, how that led you and sustained you. Um, that is the core. And, and what I'm, you know, I'm just going to side note, the, the part that makes me really excited about what's happening next. So when something miraculous happened to me, and like, again, I won't be doing any kind of spoilers, but it really was so powerful, and it had to do with my faith journey, and I thought, gee, this this really needs to be a movie, and my husband concurred. You know, we were both in this moment. It was kind of like a state of grace, and we're like, how are we going to share this story with somebody? And so the book really wasn't a book in my mind. It was always a movie. And when I contacted some people that were um, that I knew that wrote for Lifetime, they said, listen, this is a wow story for sure. However, you need to go write a book first. So I think that's part of this faithful journey. As soon as I heard that, it wasn't a matter of, oh, no way. It was, okay, how am I going to do that? And, and then I started this, you know, not only that, but I actually had the time to do it, which is a whole other story. And I won't do that because you'll, you'll learn some of that in the epilogue of my book. But, you know, as a young girl, I would be influenced by my grandmother. I would have a big smile on my face because I could see her with her apron in the kitchen. And my mom and dad were young, a young couple, and they already had my brother and myself. And we lived upstairs in their, uh, in my grandmother's house. And so we would come down and we all eat dinner together. And I would help my grandmother, and she would have her rosaries in one corner of the apron in her pocket there and her handkerchief on the other, and I'd help her make the meatballs, and we, she'd say, Geraldina, come on, come on, let's take, let's say the rosary. And, okay, Grandma, and that's how it started. And then over time, you know, I realized that through example how my grandmother was so dedicated to praying, to being good to one to others, not just our family, but to strangers. And as she would share stories with me, and as well as my mom, mom would share stories of me, of her, of her mother, it just kind of reinforced the fact that we, 
we came from a very beautiful person, and she's the matriarch of the family. And you would see all my uncles and um, aunts and cousins. We all had that influence from her. So it's it, she really affected a lot of people in such a beautiful way. And, you know, I guess the greatest role model in in comparison would be like a Mother Teresa. You know, she would she would make the effort. And Teresa of Lisieux, her little, they call her the little flower, and it's the same thing. It's the little things that we do that bring joy and kind of, you know, spread God's word. So that's where that came from. Mm-hmm. And that's where it's the same, it sustained me. So in the story, here I am in my 20s, and I had some relationships, and I'm thinking, gee, I'm going to be getting married with children. You know, everybody around me, that was the thing. And, you know, it just didn't happen for me. So at 30, I already had some relationships that kind of brought me down, and I was sad. And this is where the story starts picking up and where I actually open the book. Mm-hmm. I meet a stranger in an airport, and this person, he gives me information about myself that only I would know, and I felt like I met my guardian angel. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to stop there. Stop Pat. there, you yes. You can ask more questions, yeah, I was... but I don't want to get too deep into how that transpires the rest, you know, what what makes the rest of the book so interesting. And a lot of people have said it's a page turner because they were curious to know where this faith and this message led me. No, absolutely. I agree. We'll we'll stop mm-hmm. with that because we just want to uh, leave with a little bit of a cliffhanger. How's that? Mm-hmm. That sounds good. <laughs> I love it. I was wondering, did you ever think when you decided to write this to fictionalize it? Versus well, it's funny you should say that because the other awards I actually entered at, always for nonfiction and they placed me in the category of romance fiction mm-hmm. and I won. Mm-hmm. So there you have it. I know. I never thought that because I feel, Pat, from my heart that this message is meant to be received as, a, as it did. Right. It, there's nothing fictitious about it. Right. It really happened to me and... Um, it's really a story of hope, and regardless if the fact that you're married or not married, it's it's not even so much as a romantic um, piece, but it, it's it's really a story of hope that people that feel, especially if they had any kind of losses, you know, that there's something out there that's greater than us that loves them so much, and that's really what I'm passionate about, getting out there to to the people. And so when we talk about your inspirational speaking. How do you structure your speaking events? Oh, I love that question. Yeah, it, personal courage. And I think you'll, if, you know, anybody who read the book understands, they're like, you know what, Geraldine, you really, you helped me so much. You know, these are the responses that I'm getting from emails and from, um, you know, any of the social media folks on my Instagram or Facebook or whatever. And they're just really excited that here's a real story, a real like who was resilient and persistent. And I think because of my my faith and, and my upbringing in, actually, I'm Catholic, so it's really through the lens of the Catholic girl, but, you know, using those parables and, and those types of inspirational stories. So to answer your question, when it comes to personal courage, I kind of use, like, some of the virtues, you know, love and forgiveness and... Um, you know, kind of going the extra mile for others and using the saints as an example 
of some of the things that they've done. Not that I talk about that in the book so much, but that's what inspires me. And when I give those real life stories, I will use my own personal story right. in my talks, and then I'll support it with the facts of my faith mm-hmm. and how it, it parlays. And I think people are very, very drawn to it. I already had you know, many successful talks out there and interviews. So it just excites me that it's going to be translated on screen. And I don't think that's, uh, you know, I also encourage people to be authentic. And it's really hard today when you're everybody's comparing each other, especially with the social media stuff. But I don't want to go down that road. You all know what I'm talking about. Well, yes, yes. We are in a particularly... Uh interesting time, if you want to call it that way, where folks do need to be inspired and to find that courage and hang on to hope and have faith. And I always believe that hearing someone else's story, it might not be the exact storyline, but just the fact that, you know, somebody shows up to tell their story and how it turned out well for them. I just think that's always so inspiring. So I could see how your speaking events are going to be or currently are extremely successful. Well, and, you know, the other thing is, is I have a lot of humor. So there's funny, mm-hmm. funny things that have happened to me. And I think one of the things I bring across is that you have to be vulnerable. You know, you have to laugh at yourself. You have to realize nobody's perfect and we all make mistakes. And I think I could bring, you know, sometimes tragic situations or things that really bring people down and I could bring light to it in, in, in a funny way. And it's not to say that I would criticize myself or others. But there's that, you know, you know, there's that fine line where, you know, I could talk about some of my dates that I went on. Mm-hmm. And, you know, some people be like, I can't believe you just said that, you know, but it's the truth. <laughs> and this has really happened. And it's funny. And so why not laugh at it? You know, so that's that's some of the stuff that I like to use in a multimedia fashion. If I have a screen, I'm able to show pictures. You know, if I have music, ability to share the music part of it. I think inspiration comes and also, you know, any kind of miraculous divine intervention comes from all different mediums. You know, people can't just look for one. You need to be open to many. And I think the authenticity that, say, your audience feels from you, I think that translates as well. Because people have a tendency and we talked, you know, you mentioned social media. It's easy not to be authentic. Right, because it's like the copycat syndrome, like, mm-hmm. I want to be like that. Mm-hmm. No, be like you. And that's, you know, my coaching background. You know, I'm certified. And what I bring to the table is that I get people to be realistic, you know, be objective. Let's just start with, you know, who are you right today, right now? What are all those experiences that you've led you to this moment? And where do you want to go? And then that's your starting point. But you know, people could get derailed, you know, from the pressures of society and then their internal circles, and um, and they kind of lose sight of who they are. Mm-hmm. So again, with all my flaws, which I bring to the table, I make them realize that sometimes it's just really silly to be so critical. Mm-hmm. You know, to kind of let it go. Like easier said than done, right, Pat? I mean, well, it's it's very very true. But uh, when you think about flaws, actually, that's kind of the best part of a person. That's like the juicy, messy part, and that's that's what mm-hmm. really stands out. I always embrace it. It's like it's who you are. It's so true. Um, you know, we all know the famous researcher Brene Brown and her gifts of imperfection was a great book, and then 
daring greatly was like something else that might have um, really triggered for me to to have that personal courage to speak your truth mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. And people will find in my book um, that that's something that I I decided to go for. That you know to have that courage to speak truth mm-hmm. about my own personal life made me extremely vulnerable in that moment. But I really want to switch the gear to say it's my faith that resurrected me in the sense of not losing hope. And then this miracle happens to me. Mm-hmm. And and that's the part that I know the movie folks love. And we hope to, you know, share that message of hope in a, in a powerful way on the screen. Can you talk about the screen? Is, is it in progress? Where it's are you? It's totally in progress. I'm laughing because, you know, patience is one of the virtues that I, I do talk about. People, everybody wants it now. And just like, you know, it took me two and a half years to write the book. And it's it's taken time to get that screenplay. We have been so blessed with the team that we have in place right now. Um, that's really getting this off the ground. I want to say it's a soulful venture. Everybody's really engaged in the story, and um, they all come as experts in their field. So my my screenwriter um, knows the producer, you know, and it could lead to a very famous actor possibly playing my husband, which will trigger who's going to play Geraldine, you know, and it's just been, I don't want to say effortless because that's not true. It's taken a lot of effort. But also, I want to encourage people, you know, we each have our own design talent, just like you do, you know, being the radio newscaster and a philanthropist in a sense, and all the beautiful things that you do, those are your gifts, those are your personal gifts. And I think putting together a team that each has this expertise and a personal gift, but then we have the common thread of, you know, wanting success for one another. So that's where we're in a really great position right now. The screenplay is getting tweaked, and then we'll start the pre-production, um, which means budget comes next, and then casting, and of course, then then rolling it and rolling it out there. I know it's oh uh, it's unbelievable. It's, it's, it's another miracle, and that's part of book two. So oh, hang in there, folks. Stay <laughs> tuned. <laughs> we're in the midst of writing the second one, and you know. What's going to come from it oh. is really where we're at right now. I love that. And I love that you say we. I was thinking, you know, you spend all these years, you meet the man of your dreams, and you might think, well, that's it. It's over. That's what I was looking to, to looking to accomplish. Let's just put it that way. But mm-hmm. in reality, it's just the beginning. It's just the beginning. And that, I'm going to have goosebumps, Pat. That's a great sign. I opened my talks with the goose, my goosebump theory. So the goosebump theory is that when the spirit like really gets to me, he's giving me a clue and my hair just, just, and I get the goosebumps, which is so funny. So I could just literally visualize and I tell people, you know, visualize yourself. Why does it have to end at 50? Listen, it is just the beginning for me. Mm-hmm. But, you know, people are downers. You know, they, they just don't want to accept where somebody else's goodness or good things happening to other people. And those are the people you kind of let go do their thing. And they could be, you know, don't let, in other words, don't let anybody bring you down because at my wedding, which was so amazing, 
and it's all in the book, folks. Uh, um, you know what? I'm going to do just take a half a second and read some of the chapter titles because I think that that's not giving anything away, right, right. but it'll give you an idea. You know, here we are, chapter one, I meet a man in an airport. Then I go to All Saints Day. So you're learning a little bit about my faith. Then you go to Working Girl. Here I am starting out my career in my 20s. Love Italian style. My first flutter, huge flutter of, you know, meeting a very <laughs> unbelievable person in Italy. So that cost of freedom. Now reality hits. You're on your own. Missed my calling. That's when I learned a little bit more about what I'm destined to do. And it goes on, The Bride Whisperer, I'm Solo, and The Invisible Man. But now I come to meeting my husband, meeting with destiny, under the Montauk moon, coming up roses. And that's where I tie in the roses, right. Amazing Grace, and then the epilogue, Man and Wife. And so you kind of, just from listening, and that's what one of the directors that we're working with, he um, he's from Law and Order, very well well-known as, um, actually, he's done directing for Law & Order over 20 years, same as David Platt. He's like, Geraldine, this could be an episodic series because because of the way it's been laid out, you know, the 30-year wait for the right person and not settling, which is a huge point that we make. Yep. Oh, wow. I can't wait. Well, you say, no. you said, you said patience is a virtue, and I have to laugh because... I grew up, my parents were both Italian. Uh, my mom's mm -hmm. middle name was Rose. My daughter's name's Teresa. Oh, my, no, and, it out. Oh, my gosh. And my mother. My husband hears this. This is not even a shock to me because this is what happens, Pat. <laughs> and my oh, mother my always used to say patience is a virtue. And you said it a little while ago. And I had to laugh because we used to make fun of her. We go, patience is a virtue. We'd make fun yes. of the way she said it because she always said it. And, you know, when you're a kid, it's like, oh, what is she talking about? Oh, my gosh. I love it. You know, I, I had pulled, I've done talks and I've done talks for different kind of titles. And I think that's what I love about my book is that there's many lessons in there, morals to the story, you know, that until I put pen to paper that I realized I've been gifted these beautiful experiences. And, of course, the ultimate one, meaning the man that I knew in a, one touch of a hand, that he was mine. Like, we just knew it. We, we were hand in glove. And I share that with people because I think the human spirit knows we are you know, of all different faiths, so I'm not putting my faith onto anyone, although I, you know, I will tell point blank, I love my faith. And, you know, when you have that belief that that you're good and good things are out there and good things do come to good people, uh, watch what happens. Mm -hmm. Just watch what I am living proof. So the other point I like to make is I'm an ordinary person. I was a little girl who loved her grandma, loves her mom and dad had, you know, a good, I've been very blessed with a good life. But because of that, I feel I have a responsibility too. If this happened to me and I felt so strongly to share it, I knew I was going to get the resources I needed to make it happen. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people want to call it the secret or this or that. That's just not where I go with it. Mm -hmm. It's not the universe to me. It's God. You know, it's not, it's the blessed mother. It's, the faith that I grew up in. So I ask folks to go to the home that they were brought up in, 
to that place where it makes their heart grow. And they will find their answers there. It's really true. That's so beautiful. Thank you for saying that. Well, thank you for just giving me the opportunity. It's just, and that's just another example, right? Pat, I didn't, I came across you and I followed through. So my husband and I always have this conversation. Yeah, okay, you have the thought. It's in your heart. Now what are you going to do with it? Well, you have to take action. You know, you can't just sit and wish it away or pray it away. You know, there's a responsibility there. And that's the trust. And that's the true faith part of it. Because you have to trust in knowing that you're being led to the right place because the intentions are all good and powerful, especially like what you're doing. You're helping these. You are bringing comfort and joy and security through those pillowcases. Mm-hmm. It, it's the truth. It's a gift. You're giving a gift of hope as well. Yes. And that's what drew me to the fire Firebird Awards, right? I had a Firebird. How could I not forget that? I joke that was my very first card. It was a Firebird. <laughs> um, but it's 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 that and that, right? There's a difference, Pat. I think between happiness and joy. When you hand those things over, those beautiful, crafted with love pillowcases, you're you're giving somebody security and hope. And when somebody picks up my book. I'm giving them security and hope and also, you know, giving them the opportunity to say, and you too, because we're ordinary people have done, taken action and taken our gifts seriously, right? I I mean, I shouldn't be speaking for you, but I got that feeling from all that you do. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it doesn't have to be something big. You know, when I, sometimes when you tell people about this pillowcase project, they look at me or they'll make a comment like, pillowcase. Well, no, it's just a white pillowcase. But even if it were, somebody is taking the time to make something for someone whom they never know, will never know. And that's probably my favorite part where I'm in my sewing room, you know, late at night and I'm taking so much care to put the fabrics together so that they match and that they're pretty. I have no idea where they're going. They have no idea who made it. And it's just shrouded in this anonymity. And yet... I know that someone's going to sleep on it, as you say, and have hope that there's people out there that care and they're going to not know me, but say, wow, somebody out there cares. So it's been a beautiful thing. And that's why I thought to tie it to the book awards. And that way I could include a larger group of people who would be able to take part in, in getting that feeling. And then hope, hopefully they might come up with a thought on their own and create a little project on their own to help somebody. So thank you. for Thank you. You're leading by example, mm-hmm. and and but, but you know what? It's the I always tell I teach little kids, you know, um, at our local uh, church over here, St. John's, the evangelist, and I tell them, you know, there's there's the visible, we can see it, we can touch it, and then there's the invisible, the intangible, and you know, even though you're not there to see the tangible part of this joy or security that you're bringing. You know it's in it's in its work, and that is to me, you know, what keeps me going because I know that it's the pebble in the water, right? The ripple effect. Right. We have no clue right. how far it'll reach, right. but it does reach, and that was Mother Teresa's deal: yep. one smile 
Saint Therese, one little act of kindness has immeasurable effects. And um, I'd rather be on that side mm. of the working force, right, than on um, so much of the receiving side because I have the ability right now to give. Yes. And yes. That's, I'm going to do that as, for as long as I can, right? Yep. I agree with that. Yeah, that's that's a great way to think about that. Thank you. This has been just a beautiful conversation. I, I I knew I was going to enjoy having it, and we surely did kind of dance around several topics, but I want to make sure we're not missing anything that you wanted to highlight. I think, like, don't be afraid. One of the things that man in the airport said to me, he gave me kind of like three pretty big messages, but one of them he said, don't don't ever lose that little girl in you. You know, don't lose that spirit of love that you have. It's, it's somewhat innocent. I'm somewhat silly. I could, you know, be playing with the kids in the sandbox, wearing pigtails and riding my bike at 57 years old. So I, one of the things that I wanted to point out is that, you know, for anybody listening, don't, don't lose that part of us. You know, even though we're getting older, we don't have to lose that innocence and that, and that um, ability to love in a childlike way, and I don't know, I still, I'm going to be leaving now to go to Montauk, um, we spend our time out on a boat, and we'll be back in Naples in October, but in the meantime, I have an alias there, and don't laugh at me, Pat, I, I, I'm the director of the Gurney's Yacht Club, Kids Club, <laughs> anyway, and so they know me as my alias, which is Miss Gigi. Oh, I love and I ride around and I take them on excursions to the beach and we go fishing and we do arts and crafts. And, you know, the other point I'd like to make is don't forget the things that bring you joy. And children bring me joy, being around them, their innocence, their beauty. And then also that creative side of me, I, it allows me to be that little kid. And that always brought me joy. So those are the two things that I, I'd like to just add on to a the conversation, the great conversation we just had. Aww. And thank you so much, Pat, for this opportunity. Oh, so My pleasure. Why don't you share your contact information, and then we'll begin to wrap up and send folks off to your website. Okay. And one of the things on, I, I took time, now this is my business mind ju- jumping in, but I wanted to mention that I, I really made an effort of making a beautiful uh, bookmark and Pat, I'd love to, you know, send one to you so you oh, have it. Thank you. And um, so the bookmarks have roses on the back, and they're, they look like they're laying on sand. So I, I put all the things that make me happy, mm-hmm. those roses as a symbol of, you know, the master's creative magnificence, you know, who doesn't love a rose, and how it unfolds. So there's spiritual meaning to that rose. Look it up if you'd like to learn more. But... Also, that the books are made beautifully, and a lot of effort went into the cover. And when you look at the name, we actually had a name for the cover of the book, which it was like a, a stock photo that we have licensed, and it's called Searching for Peace. So you see, all these little things fell into place, and so that's one of my other messages. And you can um, buy the books anywhere. You can... Go to Amazon, you'll see all the reviews there. And also, if you, you know, whatever favorite bookstore, they can order it for you, or you can go online and get it. And uh, my website is GBG, which are my initials, Geraldine Brown, Jim Blanco, GBG Books, 
gmail.com. So that's really easy to remember. I always say it's God be good. So it's gbgbooks.com. And um, you'll see on my website my, my contact information. If any speaking engagements they'd like to, to find out more, you can reach me through the website at gbgbooks.com. And that's it. Excellent, excellent, excellent. All right, we're talking with Geraldine Brown Gianblanco. Website is gbgbooks.com. The winning title was Geraldina and the Compass Rose. And just by the way, they call me Gigi. That's my name for my grandchildren. So you and I have a lot of strings that are attached here. Oh my gosh, that's too <laughs> so, much. I can't wait to share with you. Oh my he'll just look at me and he'll say, you know, doesn't surprise me. You know, it's just wonderful. Thank you. Thank you for who you are, what you do, and we look forward to keep us posted with the movie and uh, the second book. So thank you so much. Oh, we sure will. Thanks, Pat. Have a great one.